everybody. I guess welcome to another episode of the Struggling Hunters, episode 104. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, hopefully you've been following us along here a little bit. And if you haven't, feel free to uh, free a charge to you to go hit that like and subscribe button and uh, you'll get more content from us or you'd be notified too when we have new content. But um, anyways, we appreciate you guys uh, giving your time, tuning in, listening to us as we sit here in the hunting shack and uh, discuss different Things from hunting tactics to what we struggle with as hunters to uh, to what we want to get better at. And it seems like I think we do a lot of talking and slowly getting better at what we want to say we want to get better at. But we still got a, a long ways to go. And uh, for those that don't know, I'm Joe on this side of the, of the screen. And you have Eric over there on the other side with the great American flag behind him. That's right. America <laughs> and uh together we uh we call ourselves the struggling hunters um you know like I said we we try to better ourselves in, in all in all aspect of hunting that includes personally and uh physically at some point we'll be physically better shape and and mentally prepared for hunting season uh now we've to be kind of truthfully honest with you guys, it is uh, turkey season. And for those of you that have been following along and those that haven't, uh, we used to cover two states, meaning that uh, being that there's two of us, both of us used to live in two different states, Utah and Colorado. And uh, now that I'm in, I, I have moved to Colorado and to be close to Eric. <laughs> and uh, so we just now cover one state as far as what, what's going on. We'll talk about Utah off and on. But um, so right now, Eric is the only one setting with a turkey tag during this turkey season. And uh, opening season was this last weekend. But as like I said, we one of the things we're trying to do better this year is to be a little maybe a little bit more open and honest with you guys. Not that we've been trying to hide anything, but um, trying to understand how how we are as struggling hunters and what that looks like. Um, you know, some of that honesty hasn't been portrayed as honesty as meaning what's going on behind the cameras or in our personal lives. And uh, but. Like I said, turkey hunting's going on. Um, I do not have a tag for this year, but Eric does. But um, I will confess for Eric that he didn't get out on opening morning. Nope. Um, <laughs> nor opening evening. Um, nope. <laughs> and then I bugged him uh, one of the nights to co- since I moved um, to go pick up one of my freezers my freezer that I had over at my in-laws house to bring to my new home. And uh, so that kind of ate up his evening hunt not hunting opportunities. So um, as part of being a struggling hunter, you know, that, that's how it is sometimes, huh, Eric? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So to elaborate a little bit, I uh, had to work all weekend and that cut into some time and then like Joe said, helping him move a little bit. It didn't take up a lot of time, but it took up, you know, had to 
had obligations there. And then I had family obligations at the same time. And, and, uh, Sunday afternoon, I was really, really hoping to try to get out in the afternoon and long story short, just didn't quite happen for me. And like Joe said, that's kind of part of the being a struggling hunter and, and trying to get better and, 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 uh, you know, part of being a weekend warrior, I guess, sometimes is <laughs> sometimes you don't get to be that weekend warrior, you know, it, uh, right. that, just the, the struggles of life and, and stuff. And, and I mean, to, I'm not too bummed out about it or anything. I mean, if it was, if it was elk season, it'd be kind of another, another situation, but just the way everything rolled out this, this weekend and stuff, I just couldn't quite make it out to the, to, uh, to do some turkey hunting. So uh, hoping to try to get out at least one time this week. But what I was going to say is, is turkey season is a long season. So I'm not too worried about it. And I, I think I got plenty of time to make up for, for opening weekend. I, I definitely, you know, just cause traditionally opening, opening day is opening day, right? Like for, for right. any, any season, whether it's elk, deer, um, turkey, whatever it is, you know, it's always fun to just get out there on that first day. So, so it is disappointing, but, um, you know, my, my, my opening day is going to be, like I said, hopefully this weekend and, uh, we'll go from there and hopefully find some success. And, and the other thing too, is we talked about it in last podcast, just a tad bit, but, um, I'm not too worried about it also because, I, uh, I, I know Joe, hopefully by the end of this month, will be a little more settled in and, and we can kind of go out and, and hit it hard together and have him kind of help scout for me and, and, uh, you know, and, and guide me a little bit, I guess you could yeah. say. And, <laughs> and uh, as I've been thinking about that, um, you know, those of you that are not familiar with, uh, we're in the Grand Junction area, um, and there's a lot of uh, canals that like irrigation water, what, what, you know, what that gets used for, um, for irrigating. <laughs> but what I'm getting at uh, kind of takes me a long ways to get there. But as I was driving home today, I got thinking, you know, it seems like everyone always talks about that turkeys um, need to be around or like to be around water. And with when the canals just, um, just got filled last week. And so I, I and I wish that I would have been out trying, try, trying to find them to see where they're at before the season. But I got wondering, you know, like how much the water and the canals affects where the turkeys are going to be too. Um, mm-hmm. just because now you have water all throughout the, the valley here now that, you know, they don't have to stick close down to the river. They can move. And it's, you know, a lot of the, as I was driving around too, I've noticed a lot of the, the little goalies or whatnot, you know, some of the thicker brush. I'm like, man, I bet that'd be a turkey, a good turkey uh, habitat back in there. There's bigger, bigger trees for them to, to go roost in and stuff. But, you know, I don't know. I got a lot to learn. <laughs> My mind just gets, it just gets going, you know, because, uh, Everyone says 
depending on the turkeys is they kind of typically have a routine that they go on every morning. Some of them, they do a big old loop or two or maybe a couple day loop, but you know, and I wonder how, if that, how much that changes, if at all, with the water now in the canals. That's an interesting point. I never really thought about the canals being a factor, but it makes sense that you say that. I mean, or that it could, it could possibly be a, a factor in, in how they, how they uh, behave their habitat. Right. If they change their habitat a little bit, I guess. Hmm. Never really thought of that. I'm always, that's one thing uh, with turkey hunting around here is uh, just trying to find a place to go in the evenings or whatnot. There's just enough private property. It seems like everywhere. It's, it's really hard to find that public land, uh, good public land. I should say we have plenty of public land around, but um, trying to find that Turkey habitat is, can be a little bit challenging sometimes that I've noticed, but I mean, I've only been, I guess I've only been turkey hunting a couple of years, so I'm I'm still kind of new at it and still trying to trying to bring it all together. Right, right. Well, like, I, and that's like you know the whole this whole learning process as I mow over like my success in turkey hunting, which is only been one turkey, but it wasn't like it it was that close to water. You know, like the turkeys I have seen. I guess they've been fairly close to creeks. You know, I mean, close as in, like, they could just jump, run and jump and glide down to water. So it wasn't like, you know, like they were 10 yards off the stream, but they were always within a good little jaunt to get to water. And I, in my head, I was just thinking, I was like, oh, they were kind of a ways away, but in reality, and it, the way a turkey can fly and whatnot, they weren't all that far. Right. Yeah, it's an interesting, that's kind of an interesting thought too. I was just, yeah, I, I've seen turkeys in, in some weird, kind of weird places, places where, uh, where I wouldn't think there'd be turkeys. And then I'm like, when I'm hunting, I go out and, look for turkeys or whatever and i can't see it. you know i seem to not be able to find them whenever i'm looking for them but whenever i'm not looking for them they're right there i remember <laughs> uh it might have been last year or the year before my uh we went out to my grand or my wife's grandparents house for dinner and uh just i mean in a residential area but there was a little field right there there's what is it a flock of turkeys yeah, group so. of turkeys whatever it is um anyway yeah there was there was you know five or six of them or something and, and i'm like turkey's right here but i can't find any out in the woods what the heck is going on so and then i've seen a bunch uh where i elk hunt too but this time of year well there's they uh they close the gates off up there and uh Cause I think the winter is gets so bad or whatnot. They, they close the gates. So you can't get in there until like the end of the season. But if that's the case though, it still might take that, take that. If we haven't gotten nothing by then, uh, harvested anything by then rather, um, I'll probably go up there 
towards the end of the season and try to see what we can come up with. Yeah. I've seen some kind of in this general same area. Um, the last couple of years during, during elk hunting, I've seen them up there. And so I'm like, well, I know they're up here. <laughs> right. Right. Well, that's the one thing too, is that, you know, this time of year that, you know, we've talked about it before, but it seems everyone always says that they kind of just follow the snow line, but like being down here, there's no, the snow lines like way far away from where we are. And where I was in Utah, like I could watch the snow line come go up and down just from my house. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, except this morning, the snow line was oh, that's true. right on top of us. Wasn't that crazy? It was. Yeah, that it little, was crazy. <laughs> got a little snow this morning. I mean, we we hit we hit like 70, 70 degrees, seventy five degree weather like two or three days ago, and then and then this morning I wake up to a small little snowstorm right that's colorado for you though they, <laughs> every everybody always says you can get all four seasons in 10 minutes around here <laughs> that's kind of the going the going saying huh so pretty interesting we'll probably get i don't know about injunction but i up in the higher mountains and stuff we probably got a couple more snow snowstorms before the before uh, it seems like I always get one around the end of May. Um, I think I've been in one like at, right at the beginning of June. Huh. So crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's going to be take us back to on the turkeys here for a minute. And then I think we'll bump off to another topic, but, um, so yeah, that's Turkey hunting. (laughs) Um, we, we, the, both of us are kind of still getting our feet under us when it comes to this Turkey hunt. Um, I was starting to get them somewhat figured out in Utah or at least coming across them a little bit more and, and uh, decided to change it all up and really give Eric a hand so he can become a better hunter. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I needed it. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> you moving to Colorado. Well, speaking of though, I, I mean, I feel like we need to kind of talk about it for a second or two is, is um, with you coming out here to help me learn how to turkey hunt and everything you, uh, you moved into your new place. Oh, yes. Yes, I got. So those of you that have been watching, I've kind of been. Oh, been in a, in a if you've been watching since the beginning, I, um, <laughs> you'd notice that my background has changed here and there for the last month and month and a half. And finally, uh, my background is in, in my home, <laughs> in my new home. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, yeah, so this will behind me here. Will you'll probably see other places in the house as me and Eric get together and podcast. And we'll probably do some from the garage and his garage, my garage, my office, his office, and um. So yeah, pay attention to what's to come as far as that goes. And um, but it feels good to be home. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I bet I bet it does to kind of be settling in and work's not even done yet, but I guess at least you're home. At least you're right. finally. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully the Zoom stuff will uh I mean not that it'll stop completely, but it'll you know, we'll probably do a little right. less of it and do some more yeah. live shows. I almost called you up and was like, Hey, do you want me to just just come to your house or you come to mine? Oh really? <laughs> we should yeah, yeah, we should have talked about it better. I just I know that yeah, I know that you're still kind of busy doing doing everything. So well, real quick though, I gotta I gotta ask and I don't know if this is podcast worthy, but how's the TV? <laughs> TV's nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Joe, I'll let the, I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and brag for him. Joe got a new big screen TV, and and uh, I was all I was all like glamoring over it the other night whenever I was over there helping him move some stuff in. I'm like, oh man, that's a nice TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so that's kind of new for me too is big screen tv or nice nice tv we've uh we haven't really splurged all that much on tvs since we mean me and the wife been together me and jen for the last 15 years that's it's always been something that (laughs) you know didn't thought of come true someday but finally made it happen (laughs) and we got a 70 inch tv (laughs) yeah that well i mean Nowadays it's, it's, you know, it used to be like, I mean, it was an investment, but nowadays it's, they're not that bad priced. No. And for what you get too, you get pretty nice TVs anymore. No, that's true. That's, it's kind of funny. Cause you know, like we've, we've had our, we've had a flat screen, but it's not all that big. We've had it for, oh gosh, nine years or so. And, uh, with this newer TV, like you can just, it's just, if it's fun to watch or just crazy to watch the different camera angles or different types of cameras that are used and be like, Oh, well, my TV is so nice that it makes it makes a crappy picture on bad, on older filmed uh, um, movies. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's Matt. Yeah. The new TVs are pretty great. I mean, our TV, uh, some of the some of the TV shows, I guess this is the struggling TV <laughs> podcast now. Uh, yeah. No, some of the TV shows though, I gotta say, like like the backlighting and stuff, and just, I mean, it just ah, the definition nowadays is just it's crazy True. what you can see. True. They've done a good job as far as all that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's almost too good. Like, right? You almost, you almost see too much detail, sort of. Yeah weird but i mean i i'm not you know i like it but it's it's weird it's different <laughs> but anyway well do you want to move on to our last little little quick topic and talk about sure, that if we want to keep it somewhat quick because we're kind of coming up on what we've kind of discussed on time limit so yeah i think we're probably going to go over a little bit but might right. as well. um well i guess so joe and i we were talking a little bit about the difference uh, going back to bows. So we're all over the place going from Turkey hunting TVs to, to uh, bows, but kind of, kind of cussing and discussing a little bit about thumb releases and uh, 
wrist releases and or uh, index finger releases, however you want to call those. I kind of call them more like traditional releases or something, but that's my <laughs> own that's my own vocabulary for them. But um, which one which one would would we like better? And um, I know for me, well, so right now I do a, a traditional release or or uh, index finger release. And I know for me, I kind of like that because it feels familiar to me with uh, rifle hunting all my life. It feels more familiar to me, but the, the people that are making thumb releases popular is uh, they're, they're saying that the thumb release, like there's there, well, you, you kind of described it earlier when we were talking about it, Joe, do you want to describe kind of what the thumb release, the advantage of it is? Yeah, so what they're saying, the advantage of it is, is the fact that you're changing up uh, your trigger finger, more or less. Um, as probably as everyone that's listening right now um, has grown up, uh, how should I say, firing a, a weapon or a rifle, being from BB guns, pellet guns, uh, paintball guns, to, ri- to big game rifles. And it's all been done with your index finger being the trigger finger, you know, shooting pistols. Um, it's your index finger pulling the trigger. And uh, people are kind of saying that they kind of like it because, um, you know, you, you've created that habit of when it's time to pull the trigger, you know, to, to pull the trigger. And you, you're, you know, if you have that jerky motion when you're pulling the trigger, that's going to transfer over to the bow and every little motion more or less counts when you're archery hunting. And, uh, and so they're saying with this, uh, thumb release, and then as you're squeezing it, you know, it's, it's a different, um, motion, different muscle memory. So, um, you don't jerk it as bad or, you know, you don't pull or you just squeeze, I guess you squeeze it and it just slowly releases it and then fires. So you're not getting that when you're, arrow hits the bolt that hits uh, the target you know where you want to shoot and then you do your your pull you're not maybe jerking it or something you know just because that's you're used to shooting uh clay pigeons or whatever you know like you're pointing and shooting and so you're used to just settling in on it and pulling the trigger so when you get when you're pulled back and you're across the target with your bow you're just kind of you know pulling the trigger so just off of muscle memory so that's saying that's it's it's a change in your muscle memory and and you're associating it to a different activity by pulling squeezing or pulling the thumb release so basically it, it can be a smoother release with the thumb release, right yeah you, and you can more or less um come across new muscle memory to associate with bow hunting Gotcha. I mean, it makes sense. And, and it's something that I'll uh, probably try in the future. I mean, I have a few other things that I'd like to probably put on my bow before I change my release up. Uh, the one thing I like about the traditional releases is, is the fact that, I mean, you can go expensive on them, but they're kind of cheaper. Uh, for the most part, like the thumb releases, and I think it's the popularity of them 
Cause I mean, I don't think they're made out of much more than what the regular releases are. <laughs> if you're, if I'm being honest, but the thumb releases are a little, little higher priced. Uh, they're kind of proud of their product, I guess. Right. And, but for me, I'm kind of, I'm yeah. I kind of like the traditional release. I feel like I might, when I do try a thumb release, I'll probably have a completely different perspective. So I'm kind of, right. I'm not trying to hate on either one or, or hate on the thumb release, but I know for me, like, because it is familiar territory, or at least I think, you know, in my head, I'm like, Oh, this is familiar, you know, pulling the trigger, like a, um, when I first started, whenever I was first setting up my bow, whenever I first got my bow, uh, the, the guy that was helping me set up and, uh, you know, I kind of, I was working on my grouping and I was getting it down or whatever. And, and the, the guy said, said that, uh, in his experience that most people that have hunted all their lives and pull, uh, you know, or shoot rifle or whatever, uh, tend to kind of get it with the bow or get the feeling pretty quick with the bow because of that, you know, because oh, like pulling a yeah. trigger and stuff. Um, yeah. This, I mean, it, that has nothing to do with like thumb release or trigger release, but, but he said, he said most people like that are rifle hunters or hunted their whole lives uh, tend to kind of get the smaller grouping a lot faster with the bow and stuff. Cause it's sort of familiar pulling that trigger. And um, I don't know. It made sense to me whenever he said it. So I went with it, but, uh, uh, but yeah, that's why I'm kind of a fan of the, the wrist release index release slash. Right. Well, like my big thing with the uh, index release, I guess to, and I know you can get it with the thumb, but it seems like it adds more price, but it's, it's connected to your, um to your your wrist so you know you you kind of can just leave it on there and you don't have to worry about dropping it as you're um going through the woods or digging in your pocket to find it when you got an elk coming up on you but you know there is some and i and i will admit that there's a lot that i need to learn about the thumb release um meaning that i'm sure there's types of or there's ways to connect it to your wrist so that way you know, you're not trying to fumble around and finding it. And, and, uh, there can't remember which video hunt video it was, but one of the YouTubers was, um, hunting and one of their guys lost the thumb release and he didn't have a backup one in his pack. So I think someone ended up having a backup release of some sort, but he didn't have one. It's funny you say that. I feel like I remember seeing the same, it was like the, the, uh, the hunting public or somebody yeah. like that, I think, or it might've been hush and, or, but right. I, I, I feel like I, uh, I, I saw that same video. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too, is as I thinking about that, the releases, the actual releasing part, um, meaning like the movement of the string, uh, through the motion of, of being released, I guess is what I'm trying. So, you know, meaning how that string is let go off of whatever it's resting on. Cause you know, if it has to, let's say if you're shooting a, a bow with, with your fingers 
the string is connected to your fingers and yeah, you know, it slides off your fingers, but for a, for a split thousandth of a second, it like swings around your fingers as it, the friction gets low enough that it can slide off your fingers. So as it comes off your, your, uh, as a string comes off your fingers, it kind of moves, you know, around your fingers. And so that, you know, in a way can cause your, and now I know it's minuscule, but you know, your it could cause your, your, it causes your arrow to, to kind of, go one direction and then straighten out. And so I, you know, like as what I'm getting at is I think the different releases, there's some of them that allow you to have more of a straight release off of whatever the release is instead of having movement. And I, that's one of the things I kind of want to look at into on the thumb releases, how exactly it, it releases. I haven't done, I'll be honest. I haven't really, um, done my true homework on it because like Eric was saying the index release is just so much cheaper and easier to come across yeah. that I haven't quite um, looked into a thumb release yet uh, you know as far as getting into how it actually releases off of its uh, what do you call that its pivot point or it's from its resting I don't anyways how the string is let go off of the off the thumb release Versus yeah. how it's let let go, let off of with index release. Yeah, off the top of my head, I I'm uh, I can't remember the different types, but even with trigger releases or index finger releases, uh, they uh, there's different types that open up in different ways, and you right. know, it's supposed it's supposed to reduce that that string roll or whatever you you know what yeah. what you what you're trying to explain with the. Um, and my release is fairly cheap. I think I might've spent 20, 30 bucks on it or something. I mean, it's done me pretty good, but I'm, I'm sure I could probably get a better one down the road. And like I said, I want to, I want to try a thumb release to see if I like it, but right. I, I mean, that's the thing with bow hunting is everything's so repetitious and you know, like I'm still trying to learn to repeat my, my reps every time. Right. And then to throw something new like that in the arsenal is, is uh, well, that's like the, the beauty and the pain of archery hunting too, is like your price tag can go from zero to a thousand in two seconds without trying, <laughs> without even trying. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you buy, if you buy all the stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean, some of those, everything, everything, I mean, one of the one of the more simpler uh the uh stabilizers for what they are i mean you can go from 50 bucks to 150 bucks and lickety split and right uh, you know i mean it's just weight on the end of i i know real archers if they're hearing <laughs> this they'll probably they'll probably be like well actually what it really is but i mean i look at that thing and i'm like you got this rod with some weight at the end and you're spending 50 right. bucks on it. Like it just, well, I, or let me take that back. That's what I spent on mine. Cause I was, I was like, I was thinking I was going to go in there and spend like 30, 40 bucks. And then the cheapest one was like 50 bucks. There might've been <laughs> one other cheaper one in there, but point is, is I was like, man, they're a little more spendy for what they are rod with some weight at the end. 
little bit of rubber right. to deaden the sound and to help with the vibration. And I'm like, they're spindy little burgers, man. So true. And then your sights, it's kind of funny because your your sights can go from well in rest. I mean, all, all of it. It's you can go from like 20 bucks to to 200 bucks real quick just on you know uh, from go from a whisker biscuit that's about 30 bucks 20 bucks something like that to uh to a drop away that's you know a couple hundred bucks and so here's the thing too as i'm sitting here thinking about it because like man you know i'd love to say i have like all the all the most expensive stuff but you know the joke about having a big truck and compensating for something yeah you know (laughs) Is that like you know a, a guy, but the guy that has a the five thousand boat, five thousand dollar boat, is he compensating for something? <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. Well, and at the end of the day, I mean, some people can set up their boats really nice and have really tight groupings and stuff, but sometimes, um, get, I feel like sometimes getting all that stuff, and you know, you might be getting. I don't know, a quarter of an inch tighter grouping. I mean, right. And at, at what point, where, where, where does, where does the cost and, and the, 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 the effect kind of meet? It, yeah. Well, then I think you got to throw in there too, what you like. Like I, I won't, I, I kind of dog right now about dropping a bunch of money on gear, but like at the end of the day too, like if it's, if, if there's something, because you know, the, the science behind bow, behind a, a bow is kind of cool and so you know you can kind of nerd out fairly easy and yeah you like you know like to your point you're spending six hundred dollars or two hundred dollars to gain a quarter inch tighter circle you know like is it worth it i don't maybe you enjoy the science so yeah it might be worth it you know like you just like how it works and that's cool you know like i talked to a handful of guys they're like man i totally nerd out on a, on the, on the bow and my F I'm getting my FLC at this point and, you know, I'm getting all sorts of things. I'm like, I just care about hitting the target. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> try to try to get in the kill zone and that's right. Yeah. No, I'm kind of, I mean, it's tough because I do love it. You know, I've, it's kind of a new love of mine or a new hobby or whatever, you know, the, uh, shooting bows and and i mean i i gotta watch myself because i'm like i'm like oh wow you can get a tighter grouping if you do this or that <laughs> if you buy if you buy the hundred dollars for for six arrows like you know you get a tighter group but i think it can kind of get carried away sometimes yeah and, and right. i guess the point is 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 uh you know you just gotta do what you can do. And I mean, initial start to a bow can, can be a little expensive. And I mean, Joe, Joe actually did research and, but even yours was kind of expensive too, but um, you know, you bought a bow and, and uh, did research and, and, and went looking and tried to get the most bang for your buck and everything, which I think pretty much did, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that at the end of the day, the the idea of of ha- spending thousands of dollars because I kind of did that whenever I first started boat hunting I was like oh if I get a boat I'm just gonna you know I want an expensive one and then uh, I kind of had a sense of reality and I'm like 
I'm never going to get into bow hunting if I just uh, always looking at like trying to get a $1,200 bow naked or right. stripped, however you want to say that. And uh, I'm like, I'm never going to get into bow hunting. So I just swallowed my pride and was like, I'm going to get this starter bow and go from there. And I've already right. upgraded, but I mean, I got a good deal on it, but I've already upgraded my bow. Uh, the one I upgraded to is older than my, my entry level bow, but it's supposed to be a better, more mid-level slash higher level bow. So, so it kind of worked out, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think if you want to get into bow hunting, like there's cheaper ways to do it. You know, Joe, Joe actually got a really nice bow and spent less money than I did for my entry level bow whenever I bought mine. So, <laughs> so if you're smarter and want to do a little more research and, and hunt for a good deal, you might get one that's a few years old or whatnot, but I mean, it's still considered a pretty nice bow. Yeah. And I, you know, if it's kind of, as long as we're going down that road, like I feel like archery is a way if you're getting into it, you know, used equipment is fairly good. Meaning I think some people get into it and they'll, they'll be like, oh, I, like Eric, you know, I got to have that thousand dollar bow. I'm the same way. I just haven't done it yet. I don't know when I will, but anyways, um, but then they, you know, like they don't end up um, hunting or shooting as much as they thought they would. So like they might've bought a brand new bow, but it maybe only shot it a hundred times. And, and then if that, and then two or three, well, you know, a couple years later, they're um, selling it and just trying to get rid of it. So that, you know, like sell it for a decent price or you get the guy that is going to use it or has used it, but has taken good care of it. And, get a killer deal yeah yeah well and i think there's there's people out there that also feel like they have to buy the new bow every year too so you can that's true you can kind of get their their last year's model at it you know they sell it for a third of the price or whatever or two-thirds of the price and uh, and then you know you get their last year's bow why you know because they want it they want the new the new bow that goes about two feet per second faster right i mean at this at this stage in the game you know i feel like uh i feel like the technologies are just it's minuscule technology every year that they change right and uh you know they'll, they'll claim like oh you know 335 feet per second or something but uh the year before it was 330 so so you're gaining and you know what's funny about that i actually i think i heard it on meat eater but i gotta say this about feet per second everything is this one guy i can't remember his name but he was explaining how too fast can actually be work against you and and his uh his argument to that was he's like, well, when you're driving down the road at let's say 55 miles an hour, stick your arm out the road, out the window. And what does, what does your arm want to do? You know, it wants to fly back or whatever, you know? And he's like, so you get too fast on an arrow 
then it actually might hinder your your mm-hmm. aero flight because the wind resistance is too much or can't yeah. can it was kind of a weird it was a it was a weird philosophy but i kind of understood it whenever you used the whole arm out the window thing right and uh right so hmm. and then ted nugent well so recently I, i'll throw this out there i I was listening to Meat Eater again. Um, happened to be a fan, I guess. Uh, Ted Nugent was on there, and he was talking about his wife kills all kinds of animals every year, and uh, she uses a thirty pound thirty pound weight on her bow, and she still is successful. and And I, I thought that was really interesting, you know, because I mean especially us, you know, I mean, I'm, I kind of do it too. I'm like, Oh, I want to get up to 70 pounds or, you know, I want to pull back to 70, but you, you know, I think sometimes, uh, well, Randy Newberg has said it. I'm name dropping like crazy right now, but, <laughs> uh, it's, it's more about your shot placement than, right. You know, the, I'm and your almost, confidence, your confidence, shot placement, almost more than anything else, you know? And yeah, I think it's kind of true. Like, I mean, I could pull back 70 pounds all day long, but do I shoot better at 60, 65? You know, I mean, I, I'm kind of in the process of learning that about my bow right now. You know, where, where do I, where do I actually shoot better? Where does my, when my arrows come out of my bow, where did, what, which weight do they actually shoot better at? I'm, you know, I'm in the process of figuring that out. I mean, if it's 70, then I'll do it all day, but maybe they, they like to fly a little better and more accurate at 60. Right. Right. And, and that's, you know, like you said, uh, under coming to understand your bow and that's, you know, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Uh, shooting at that 70, 80, hundred pound bow. But <laughs> you know, if you're more accurate at that, 50 or you know 65 or 60 pound bow and shoot better you're best off shooting at this 60 even though you're losing some feet per second but you're if you're if you know your shot and you're confident in that like here's how i look at it too if you don't have the confidence in your shot and you have a deer within or an elk within 60 or sorry 50 yards or under and you can't get any closer or something and you're just as you know, and you're just like, I'm not sure of my shot placement. You're not going to take the shot, but if you know, or you might, you know, there's being unethical, I guess, you know, oh, I'm, I'm going to wing it. <laughs> but, uh, um, but if you're confident in your shot, like that, that just makes you a better hunter all around, you know, like gives you the confidence you need. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, I, I, and I think that's the fun of it. It's just learning, learning your bow. That's why sometimes you got to shut off the noise, you know, cause uh, I mean, I guess we're kind of doing it a little bit, but, but I like to keep it open. I, 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 I like to shut off the noise of like, Oh yeah, to do this. And yeah, ah, you need a drop away, get rid of the whisker. But ah, no, you need a whisker biscuit. Those drop aways ain't, you know, I mean, it just, you know, right. it, it's never ending. Oh, you got to shoot at 70 pounds. No, it's 65 pounds all day. It's never ending. You just got to do what, what, what feels most comfortable to you and, and, uh, you know, do, do your best and forget the rest. Right. And speaking of that, do you have any more, do you have any final thoughts? 
Um, final thoughts. Uh, looking forward to when I can finally slow down and speed up my turkey hunting with you and um, start shooting my bow a little bit more because elk season's just right around the corner. Um, and start getting in shape too. Um, and, and I'll just say, I appreciate you guys listening to us. And that's my final thoughts. (laughs) Perfect. Well, I'll get us out of here. Uh, backing up Joe excited to shoot the bow more this year, get out Turkey hunting for sure. And, um, also to add to that is I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I know we're kind of wanting to make some YouTube videos where, we're just out having fun and maybe doing some bow competition to see who can get closer at the different yardages and stuff. So uh, I don't know when that'll happen, but I think that's something that we've kind of talked about. And the whole reason I brought it up just because, well, I'm trying to force us to get it done so we can do it. But uh, the real reason is I think it'll be a fun video. So kind of look out for that in the future. And, uh, and then the other thing is, is, is like Joe said earlier is, is thanks for listening to us and giving us, uh, giving us a shot. You know, we're still trying to grow and, uh, and, and make this podcast into something. So uh, consider subscribing and liking, Uh, check out our podcast platform, our actual podcast platform on, on Apple podcasts uh, or wherever else, uh, Spotify, wherever else podcasts are played and uh give us a shot over there maybe even give us a review that would be nice kind of help our algorithm uh spread the spread the word for the struggling hunters and uh help us not struggle so much at least on podcasting and with that said guys thanks for listening uh joining us here in the hunting shack and uh we'll see you in the next one have a good one later later